Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zaki. And hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, of course, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure you get out to Great Lakes Dragway this weekend. Uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful weekend. We get out there, and uh, it is uh, good food, good times. We were out there last month. Want to get out there again, Jeff? What do you like out at Great Lakes? What's your favorite? Uh, just a regular burger out there, or what's the thing? Yeah, yeah, their burgers are just fantastic. But everything I tried out there, food wise, was yeah. w- you know was great. So just a, just a fun time, and talked to a lot of, a lot of neat people out there. And uh, you know if you're if you're a car guy, it's, it's it's heaven out there. But even if you're not and you're kind of curious about different cars, you know, if you're sick of seeing the same different, same type of car, get out the Great Lakes. There's a lot of a lot of neat different cars out there you see going. Not only not only in the drag strip, but it's almost like a uh, auto show in in the paddock area. So yeah, a lot it's of fun. it's amazing. You will have a blast. Bring the kids. Bring the Bring the wife. Bring the girlfriend. Bring them all, and uh, you guys will all will have a good time. And don't forget, it is time for the 13th annual Perkins Restaurant and Bakery's Fan Charity Golf Outing to benefit Give Kids the World. It's coming on September 25th at the beautiful Western Lakes Golf Club in Pewaukee. It's your chance to golf with us guys from the fan and other local celebrities. Uh, It's just $125 for a great day of golfing, and we provide the breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So you got Perkins for breakfast, Robert Specialty Meats, at lunch, which is fantastic, and of course, world famous Saz Barbecue. So, get all the details now and sign up at 1057fmthefan.com. Looking forward to that, and, and that's one of those can't miss events. So, get out to the celebrity, uh, one of the uh, the fan charity golf outing, and it benefits a great charity, which is a give, give kids the world. Do you, how often do you golf, Steve? Are you, are you a big uh, golf, golf guy? You swing I golf, them? I golf once a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the joy of playing best ball is that, uh, yep. you know, they don't have to use yours. You only got to hit a couple good ones, and then and they, uh, you know, you can survive. That's right. I wasn't able to golf last year, but the uh, time before, I think I think I got three best Nice, balls. nice. The pure, pure uh, luck. Whatever. Hey, good, a good roll. As long as you get one. So, yeah, that's true. So, uh, and coming up, uh, we got Willie T. Ribs, who won at Indianapolis. That's pretty cool. We had Kevin Olson on a couple weeks ago. And now we got Willie T. Ribs, a uh, pretty cool interview uh, with Willie T. And he's down at the uh, SVRA uh, sports car uh, vintage auto racing event, uh, the Vintage Race of Champions. He finished first in A production. At the 2019 Brookyard Invitation at the historic Indianapolis Motor Speedway, so 
We'll have uh, Willie T on coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. And also David Land, uh, talking some IndyCar with David Land from YouTube. Make sure you check out David uh, Land on YouTube, David, and then L-A-N-D. And then we'll hear from Brad Keselowski coming up uh, at the final part of the show uh, at Michigan, your pole winner. And speaking of Michigan, uh, Jeff, who do we like uh, this week at Michigan? Well, we'll do um, – we're just going to do Xfinity and Cup. Okay. So, and we talked to Jeff. He had Austin Sindrick from Mid-Ohio. Dennis, yeah. Uh, Dennis, what did I say? Jeff. Oh, no, you're Jeff. Uh, yeah. Dennis. Dennis had Sindrick and Martin Truex at Michigan. Yes, he did. And I'm uh, with Mid-Ohio. Give me Christopher Bell. Uh, this would be a race that I would take A.J. Allmendinger, but I have no confidence that he's going to pass inspection afterwards again. So I will go with C. Bell. Ooh, that's. Hmm. You know, I really like Jack Hawksworth at Mid Ohio, but I just think they're just going to take him out. I wouldn't be surprised. He's going to look really good. I bet you he leads most of the race for the first two thirds of the race. And then uh, they're just going to gang up on him, take him out. Um,. Screw it. I'll take Jack Hawksworth. What the hell? All right. And then for Michigan, I like Brad Kowalski winning from the pole. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, with Blaney. Got in a little hot water uh, last week. Yeah, uh, him and Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I think. Uh, they, they, they had a difference of opinion. They did. They did. I think Blaney's going to run with a chip on his shoulder. So give me the good old number 12 to uh, to find victory lane. Is someone writing these down? Uh, well, you know I've got a photographic memory. Hmm. <laughs> hey, how about Mayor Mitch? I got him on the spot. He's like, it's, what, what the heck is Mid-Ohio? Is that what, the Buckeyes or what? Mid- is Mid-Ohio, the Bobcats? Is it yeah. the Ohio University? We'll give him, uh, let's give him somebody. Allgaier? Uh, well, who's one? Uh, who's the ringers? Who's the four guys? Um, who was that? Where did I see that? I um. Let's see here. This is good radio. Dead air. Just Scott Mid, Mid Ohio. Mid Ohio. Where is Mid Ohio? Lawson Ascherbach. Ascherbach. La- yes, Lawson Ascherbach. He's been on the show. We'll give him. Sounds good. We'll give him Lawson Aschenbach, yes. Friend of the show, Lawson He's been on multiple times. And we had Jack Jack, Hawk, Jack Hawksworth actually in live in studio here. He was doing some media stuff at Milwaukee here. Nice. So uh, so I'll take Hawksworth. We'll give, uh, uh, what's your name again? Mayor, yeah. Mayor, 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 Mayor Meyer. We'll give Mayor Meyer uh, <laughs> Lawson Aschenbach, who I always call Lawson Aschenbacher by accident. Even though I know that's not his name, I did last time we, we had him uh, actually live in the suite at Road America. I did that. It's just like, oops. And I was we, thinking to myself, don't call him that. And of course, I did it. We got the truck race going on yeah, now in Michigan as well. Yeah, you're not supposed to tell anybody that because now they're turning off the radio to turn on the truck race. Oh, see, they don't. Too. <laughs> oh, Mayor Meyer Mitch. Well, I, I'm supposed to put it racing on TV during this yeah, show. Yeah, I know. So. I'm just teasing you. I I'm just did teasing it. him. Yeah, our so. our fans are smart. They watch the race on mute and listen yeah, exactly. to us. Yeah. So. So. Oh, and getting back to um, Dale Download and uh-huh. Michael Waltrip on. Now, listeners of the show know that Michael Waltrip is not a favorite 
favored person status on this show. Right. He was downright normal on the show. It, it was, they were talking about 2001. They were talking about how they met, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's the Michael Waltrip I kind of knew before then. I mean, normal guy, and it just seemed all right. And if, if, he, if he would show more of that personality instead of trying to become that caricature, I think more people would like him. My problem with Waltrip is I just – he's not honest. Yeah. When you are 120% pro NASCAR and everything NASCAR does is the greatest thing ever, this is the the best race in the world, uh, the most wonderful package ever created, all this kind of stuff, you're not telling the truth. And I have a problem, you know, listening to that when you know you're, you know, being fed a bunch of bull. And so that's my problem with Waltrip, that and his voice. But there's so many people <laughs> like Dale Jr., I can't stand his voice when he's in the booth. You know, yeah, he uh, needs to settle down a little bit. Just, all those guys, man. It's just, just you don't stop selling the race. It's just nails on a chalkboard. Stop selling the race. We're watching. Yeah, we're not dumb. We know yeah. if it's a good race or mm-hmm. a bad race. You don't have to tell me 800 times what a wonderful, joyous race this is and how lucky we are to be witnessing such such a majestic Mm-hmm. Uh, display of motorsports, you know, just, just I mean, shut up. Case in point, the Brewer game last night. You know, Brewer game. It's kind of a yeah. You he would you tell like you're, you're telling a story. Well, yeah, this is kind of unusual Brewer game. All these walks, not a lot of hits, that kind of stuff. Don't don't tell me. Oh, oh boy, this is just a, the best baseball game we've ever seen. You know, no, it's 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 an unusual game. Yeah. Some different things happening. A lot of walks, hits are down, but we're getting a lot of home runs. And no, no team can really pull away. Okay, that that's what you call analysis. That's what I want to hear. I'm just I get tired of the same thing week after week after week after week after week. When you when you watch NASCAR every single race like like we do, and like I'm sure the the people listening do, tell me you don't get tired of. Well, he's just searching for grip. Oh, you got to find that grip. Oh, yeah. Oh, got the PJ1 out there. Uh, Going to help with the grip. Like, we've heard about grip yeah. for six months now. Give it a break. Focus on something else that's entertaining and that will get people not only involved and want to listen, but something else for them to look for besides grip, grip. Got to find that grip. Just obnoxious. Hey, I want to just give a, a, a quick note here. Uh, Dick Jordan passed away from USAC, seventy-four years old, and uh, just one of the one of the guys growing up. Uh, you know, you, you you look up to race car drivers and 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 tracks and and stuff like that. And I was one of these weird kids that brought up in the sport. I kind of got to meet the people behind the scenes and. So I was always a, a fan of, of somebody like a Donald Davidson, who was a historian at that time at USAC, and, and guys who were involved in the sport and have got known as I got further into the sport. You know, the photographers and that, because my dad was a photographer, so I knew knew a lot of the photographers. And, and the guys you hear, you see their bylines, uh, you know, the Gene Crucians and the John Mahoney's and the Armin Kriegers and Russ Lakes and that. But, uh, you know, Dick Jordan was one of these guys. He was, he was a writer, did a lot of the PR stuff, did a lot of all the results, uh, and and from 
USAP back in those days had multiple divisions and 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 did up until you a few years ago he would was doing all those results and calling in the results to all the newspapers and that very hardworking man. I mean, he was on the phone talking to newspapers across the country, whether it was the Indy car race, stock car race in the seventies, sprint car races and midget car races and the silver crown, whatnot. Uh, and, and just, uh, not only that, but just a, a good man. He's the guy who introduced me to a young kid named Kyle Larson at the Milwaukee mile and, and said, you, you gotta get this kid on, on the radio. And, and when Dick Jordan came up to you and said, you know, get this kid on the radio, you got that kid on the radio because he was one of the first guys to spot, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Kyle Larson, but not only that, but, uh, Tony Stewart too. And, and these guys that he could spot talent along long before other guys could. So, uh, sad to hear that he passed away and just one of the, one of the icons and pillars of, uh, down in Indianapolis and, and people who have been out to my house or, or seen my collection, they go, oh, my God, you have a lot of stuff. Dick Jordan, dwar- his collection dwarfed mine. So for those who who, who have seen the, the, the museum, as some people call it in my house, yeah, Dick. Uh, and he also had poker games in which I was able to attend a couple in which uh, it was just a who's who in racing, which uh, such as Tony Stewart was one of the guys who always went and played poker in his basement, and I had the opportunity to attend a couple times. So nice. very cool and just – just a really, really neat guy. And uh, through him, I got to meet uh, the Beaver at Indianapolis. If you saw a photo on my Facebook of me with Beaver Cleaver, that was through uh, Dick Jordan, who got to know, uh, uh, you know, got got to know him and, and was introducing him and showing him around Indianapolis. So pretty neat event uh, deal and just sad to hear. And uh, rest in peace, uh, Dick Jordan. Yeah, best wishes to him and his family. Never had a chance to meet him, but never heard a bad word about him. So, you know, and if uh, if he hooked you up with Beaver, he's got to be a good guy. <laughs> Coming up next, Willie T. Ribs on the Final Inspection Show. Yeah, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. I'm Steve Zotke. I'd like to thank our friends at Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, and along with David Hobbs Honda. And on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is from Parts Unknown in Texas. It's Willie T. Ribs, your winner in Indianapolis last week. Willie, tell us how that went about. Yeah, Steve, we... Um... We got to the finish line first. Uh, actually, we were quick, pretty much. My teammate and I, Ed Cervasian, were, were – we last year there, we were out in front by about 17 seconds with 12 laps to go in the car, and the car had a mechanical issue. And, and the year before, we were out in front with four minutes to go. So this year, um, we, we, we pulled it off. There was no issues. and. Um, and it went well. Winning, winning is good. Yeah, and for for those who uh, who may have missed uh, missed it earlier, we're talking about the Vintage Race of Champions down in Indianapolis for the SVRA weekend. And uh, Willie placed uh, first place in uh, a production in the Vintage Trans Ams cars. And this is a pretty neat deal because these are uh, vintage uh, Trans Am cars of various types. You got Corvettes, Cobras. Uh, Camaros, uh, Ford Mustangs, Shelby's, and all of that kind of good stuff. And uh, Willie, Willie, what kind of car you were racing? Was that a Corvette you were running? Yeah, it was a big bore Corvette, 
and and these cars are muscle cars. And the drivers that are racing these cars are Hall of Fame race drivers and champions from the past. And and V Rock Vintage Race of Champions is is sort of a a, a spinoff from I Rock back in the old days when when uh, the stock car drivers and Indy car drivers and some Formula One drivers came over and ran against each other in identical Camaros or whatever cars they were using at the time. So, I mean, you know, it was it was a great race. Bobby Labonte was strong. He ended up finishing second, and Todd Bodine was third. And uh, in, the, in, the, in the smaller board, Boris said won his, his show so it's it's a big it's become a very popular championship and uh and the and the next gig is in virginia at the end of september so it's it's uh become uh it's become a happening uh event now yeah i remember i was down there a year or two ago and we were chatting with paul tracy and paul was telling somebody i was forget who exactly it was one of the guys they had brought in, and he was like, "You guys don't realize how serious some of these guys take this." I mean, when you know you, you strap on the helmet again, it certainly feels good to be behind uh, the to to be behind the wheel of a car with some horsepower, and uh, that those competitive juices start to get running, uh, don't they? Well, I, I've never been in love with cars, and you know, I, I drive a Lincoln Town car at home. Uh, my wife drives a, a, a 550 twin turbo BMW, so <laughs> and and new one and uh, and uh, but I don't want to drive that. I want to drive my Lincoln Town Car or drive a truck. I live in Texas, so. Um, but the, what I enjoy most is racing. Mm-hmm. I've always I didn't care. I was never in love with cars. I love to race, and um, you know we've got some pretty strong. Uh, champions in in V Rock, and they love to race too. Yeah, it's certainly a pretty neat event. And uh, uh, tip of the hat to Tony Perella and his group down in uh, at Indianapolis. So at last week, and they run the uh, entire circuit. In fact, they run up at Road America in uh, it's usually the second week in uh, May. Uh, and it's a pretty neat event uh, down in Indianapolis and across the nation. Uh, with SVRA, who's pretty much uh, top of the line when it comes to uh, vintage racing. Uh, switching gears, Willie, uh, there's been a pretty cool documentary done by Adam Carolla and Nate Adams called Uppity, and I, I got to see a sneak preview of it last week or last year, and very impressed. And I just thought it really brought together, uh, I, I guess the genesis of this goes back to uh, Adam's first, Adam Carolla and Nate Adams' first documentary, which was on the racing career of Paul, uh, Paul Newman, in which they interviewed you, and you were such a compelling subject within that documentary that they decided to do one on you. And it, very interesting, some of the things. And uh, talk to listeners about how that came about and uh, what's the status of, of that documentary at this point. Well, uh, you mentioned it. It, it came about um, from my interview uh, regarding my my mentor Paul Newman and and Paul was not just a mentor he he made uh, he put the deal for my first pro ride together and uh, back in 1983 and when they saw my interview and 
regarding my relationship with Paul Newman. They called me back and said, we'd like to do uh, do a piece on you about your career. And the more we found out about you, the more interested we are in doing it. And um, we've done it. Uh, it's called Uppity, uh, the Willie T. Ribs story. And, and it's, we've premiered, we've done screenings. Uh, we uh, see when, and, and it's gone a little bit slow because there's a major network that, that's interested in doing a, a series, a TV series from that uh, from the documentary. So they, we sort of slowed up the release, but it will not uh, uh, be uh, any longer than uh, February 2020. Okay. It will be, it will be 20, February 2020, most likely, uh, regardless. And uh, talking to Willie T. Ribs on the great uh, Midwest Bank hotline, Willie, who won last week at the SVRA Invitational in the uh, Trans Am Series at the Brickyard. And uh, I wanted to bring up, a you you, know, you, you brought back something, which I thought was kind of cool as a kid, and, that, and, that, and that's the Muhammad Ali Shuffle. And if you could kind of briefly tell us the genesis of that and, and how you uh, initially met Muhammad Ali when, when you were uh, not easy for anybody uh, to, as a, as a young man, uh, you were in England training to be a race car driver, and uh, you had a chance to meet Muhammad Ali uh, in England training, didn't you? Well, it was in 1977, and Ali was in England promoting the film The Greatest. One of the motorsports press uh in, in England uh, called me and said that Ali was going to be in town. They'd like to get a picture of me and Ali together. Ali was sort of uh, taken back that uh, I was over there racing. He couldn't believe it that a black young kid was over there driving racing cars. So we developed a re- relationship from there. And, I mean, he was my hero. Of all the, all, of, all the sports stars on the planet, he was my hero, number one. And, you know, I've got several heroes, uh, including Bobby Unser, for example. But um, uh, he was one at the, on the top of the list. And after, you know, you see a lot of drivers nowadays, they get up on the car and raise their arms up. Uh, Willie T. Ribs was up on top of that car uh, beginning in 1983, and I was doing, doing the alley shuffle on the roof. Well, I, I I did it at Indy a couple of days ago after I won. Boy, my legs were so stiff I could hardly move. <laughs> I got up there, but I did about uh, about three or four moves, and and then my legs locked up, and it was time to get off. But but the crowd and and every race I've won, the crowds pretty much demanded it. Alley shuffle, alley shuffle. So, um, you know, they're they're there to see a show, and they're going to get one. Uh, through the SVRA, SVRA, I got to meet you, and of course your son Theo, who is a professional sports shooter. Uh, tell tell explain to listeners what, what what your son is doing. He's quite the talented shooter, isn't he? Oh, Theo won the K-Cup National Championship a couple of years ago. He's one of the top shooters in the world. And to win that championship, he had to beat over 3,000 shooters. So 
So um, he's and he shoots worldwide. We were in London, England, a month ago for one world championship. He is in Chicago right as we speak, uh, competing in another world championship this weekend. And um, so uh, he's had a great career. He's been shooting the shotgun since he was 12. He was junior national champion. He's won several major championships, including uh, the the K Cup National Championship. So uh, next is uh, on his list is to win the World Championship, and he, and he can do it this weekend if he shoots good. Excellent. Well, fantastic, Willie. We certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule, uh, spending some time with us, and once again, congratulations on winning the Vintage Race of Champions, uh, first place in a production at the 2019 Brickyard Invitational SVRA race. And uh, we're certainly, uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch and uh, stay, give our best to your new bride, Stephanie, and we'll see you down the road. You bet. I'll see you soon, Steve. Okay, thanks. Uh, it's Willie T. Ribs joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. We'll be back after this on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Along with David Hobbs Honda joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is David Land from the, his YouTube channel that can be found at David Land, L-A-N-D. Welcome to the show, David. Great to be here, Steve. Ready to talk some IndyCar with uh, my favorite show in Milwaukee. Well, I certainly appreciate that. And kind of a, a big news, uh, and that's that IndyCar is going to be going uh, hybrid in 20, uh, 2022. And when I heard that, I'm thinking... Well, there's a reason why, obviously from the technology point of view, but I'm, I'm thinking it's also a carrot for that third manufacturer that you've been talking about and we've been talking about over the last couple of months. Uh, so is, is is this a carrot for that third manufacturer to join the series? you you got to think it is. Uh, at, at the very least, it's future-proofing. Um, I mean, it's pretty clear that, that the auto industry is moving that direction, uh, specifically in, in some countries that aren't, aren't ours. But, I mean, it's, it's coming eventually where there's, you know, you're just going to have to have electrification in racing series to make it uh, appealing to manufacturers. And that's something that still IndyCar seems to want to do. So um, I think this was, uh, this was about as, uh, as small a step as they could have made. Um, but uh, they have made it, so uh, we're just going to have to kind of deal with the consequences and, and see where it goes uh, uh, down the line. Yeah, it certainly makes sense. You know, the the big concern that you always hear is 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 cost, and you don't want the cost to you know skyrocket because of it. But then again, it's also a situation where you, you know you want to put a cap on technology, but then again. It's 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 kind of a juggling act that IndyCar has to do. Is well, you're trying to contain costs. You don't want it out of control like Formula One. But then, but then again, it still has to be relevant for the manufacturers to to be interested in doing something. And I think this hybrid uh, system that they're they'll be introducing in a couple of years, it certainly makes sense. And uh, it will be interesting to see. 
you know, now I'm an old school guy. I'm sure, you know, people, oh, they must have been, you know, though Steve can't be, you know, for that. I'm, I'm actually all for it. Now, the windscreen, eh, I'm not too that, you know, I, I, I still have my, my trepidations about that. And, and, but I mean, uh, the hybrid, I think it makes sense. And if they can bring in somebody like a BMW or Porsche, I, I think it, 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 it'll make sense. And I think it'll really, uh, I, I think it'll, they'll really jumpstart the series to even a higher place than it is now. What do you think? Well, this, I mean, to your point, and you made a lot of them there. Uh, one of the one of the things that I've kind of discussed, I even discussed it in my video where I kind of talked about this, was, uh, you know, in, IndyCar, like like you said, it's a it's a juggling act right now. Um, it's kind of difficult because, again, they're trying to manufacturers, but at the same time, they're also trying to keep the cost down for the teams and trying to keep the competition level thing for the fans. Um, you know, and it's tough to do that because manufacturers don't really, I mean, especially these days, don't necessarily want um, racing that is appealing to the fans, as I think a lot of people would like. I mean, you look at Formula E or Formula One now, um, and they've gone so far in that direction techno technology-wise, mm -hmm. um, it, it hasn't been as entertaining of a product maybe as it would have been, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So that's that's something that IndyCar has had to balance, um, and you know if it does bring one, two manufacturers into the fold that weren't going to come otherwise, I think it's a great move. Um, but I am a little bit worried that you know, you look at when Formula One started using electric technology to help power the race cars. I mean that was 2009. Uh, WEC was 2012, and IndyCar is coming along here in 2022, and it's their first electrical you know, power at all in, in their cars. And, and you would assume that, you know, further down or that, you know, they're looking at these regulations to go on at least as long as, as the current regulations have gone on, which is about 10 years. What's, what's the industry going to look like 10 years from now? That's, that's kind of my worry is maybe mm -hmm. they haven't looked uh, far forward enough uh, if they're really looking for manufacturers. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, looking at the schedule, uh, we had Mid-Ohio, of course, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. We're in a little bit of a gap here. We're, we're, you know, we'll have uh, Pocono next week, and then we have uh, Gateway, you know, which are the, the two oval races, and then we go back to Portland, which would debut once again uh, last year, and then we have the uh, WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. Uh, it'll be kind of interesting to see how this develops in the, with the championship fight. But uh, what are you looking for with uh, regarding Pocono, Gateway, and then you have the two road courses? Well, I've been saying it since the beginning of the season. I think this uh, this stretch run to the end kind of is Rossi. Um, I think the championship is really Rossi and Newgarden. Um, I think you could obviously throw Scott Dixon or Simon Pagenaud into there. But I think um, Newgarden and, and Rossi are just driving too well to really give up a I mean, unless Newgarden throws it off the road like he did at the end of Mid-Ohio a couple more times, um, then maybe the championship is a totally different thing. But again, I think, you know, you look at Rossi completely dominated Pocono last year, had a good run at, at Gateway, had a good run at uh, Portland that was kind of screwed over by Yellows. And then, of course, uh, Laguna Seca is going to be a wild card. But if you look at the natural terrain road courses, that generally favors a Rossi or a Dixon maybe over a, a Park. So, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, 
that's going to be kind of the story uh, going into these final races is just that championship battle because it really is really good, especially because it's kind of the thing that the Robin Millers of the world have wanted for you know the last 20 years is you've got the two best American drivers fighting for the two best teams and going for the championship. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for for the people saying you know we need American drivers, I mean Joseph Newgarden, Alexander Rossi. I mean, you can't do much better than that with those two, with the talent they bring. And uh, they, they've certainly, watching these guys drive at the at the tracks, you know, such as Indianapolis, seeing those outside passes that Rossi has made and and, and those moves, uh, especially that Newgarden's made in the past. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's certainly an exciting time for American drivers in the IndyCar series. Uh, looking at, a, a, I want to, somebody I want to bring up is, it looks like, I don't want to say the light has gone off, but he certainly may have been, it may have been a situation of somebody maybe trying a little too hard. And we were both, I think, very high on Felix Rosenquist at the beginning of the season. Looked very good at St. Pete and then uh, had a string of uh, uh, DNFs and whatnot. And, and there was some speculation that the heat might be on, but it is certainly is. His kind of last couple of races, we're, we're certainly seeing his talent shine for the Ganassi team, aren't we? Oh, I, I think he completely redeemed himself at Mid Ohio. I think uh, I think he did absolutely everything. Uh, I mean, he did everything as perfectly as he could because if you think of that situation he was in, you've got Scott Dixon, obviously the heavily favorited on that team. Uh, he was going for a championship, and he's about to make up a ton of points on his championship rivals. Um, but the team let him race, and he did it. I mean, walked right up to that line of, of racing his teammate clean. Uh, he got second. He preserved the one-two, but he didn't lay over for his teammate, which, um, I, you know, if, if I'm Chip Ganassi, and I'm obviously not, uh, I'm here in a, in a Cessna, but, you know, I think, uh, I think he's really – uh, I think he's very safe uh, because it was something that was actually pointed out to me. Uh, his performance at Mid Ohio uh, was so good because it's one of the few tracks he's actually had previous experience in an IndyCar. He did some tests there in late 2016. So, I mean, just consider when he has all this data and, and kind of uh, experience and knowledge to go back for a second season at each of the tracks he's gone to, I think he's going to look very good next season. So I'm kind of excited to see how he develops. Uh, is there anybody else in the last few races that it's kind of you know, gotten your attention saying, huh, okay, the light's gone off with this fellow. He's looking pretty good. Well, the, the resurgence of uh, Simon Pagano, I think is a big one. Yeah. Uh, you know, he got kind of, a week off in the IndyCar schedule, and he came back and dominated at Toronto. Uh, you know, the Indy 500 uh, hangover is definitely a real a real thing, and you have to be incredibly, incredibly focused or just be able to uh, to survive on no sleep to be able to perform after the Indy 500. And finally, he got some sleep, he got some rest, and, and suddenly he's looking like the Simon Pagano that we saw during the month of May. And so I think Simon looking at as, as possibly a sleeper for the championship uh, if Rossi or, or Newgarden kind of implode. Yeah, I think another one uh, where we're finally seeing uh, why he got you know signed uh, full-time, and that's uh, Spencer Piggott and Ed Carpenter Racing, who's been kind of struggling, I think, overall. I think uh, overall, I think Ed, Ed would say that he hasn't been real happy with the overall strength of the team so far this year, but uh, last couple races, uh, Piggott certainly is uh, kind of flexed his muscles, hasn't he? 
Yeah, I picked him on your show to win Mid Ohio, and he didn't quite—he uh, didn't get quite get me to the payout booth and the at the betting uh, place. But uh, yeah, you know, I think Spencer Pigott has definitely developed quite a bit as a driver this season. Uh, he definitely, you know, he he had some moments last season, but I think this season he's really shown consistency. Whereas the team itself, I think, hasn't been as consistent, which uh, which says a lot for what Pigott. Is. Actually, extract from those cars and that team this season. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. Any other surprises uh, so far this year that's kind of grabbed your attention? I mean, seeing RC Enerson was it was kind of cool seeing him back in a car. But I guess uh, Santino Ferrucci is another fella who I, I, I think we, we discussed earlier that might have been. We thought he might be a bit of a bull in the china shop, but he has certainly shown a lot of maturity this year, hasn't he? Yeah. Santino has been really the surprise, I think, uh, out of all the drivers. I think if you picked one driver, you said, well, he's probably not going to have a very good season. You probably would have picked Santino Ferrucci. Mm -hmm. But, again, a guy who's just been very consistent, um, hasn't thrown the car into a lot of walls. I can't even remember the last time he's crashed uh, or hit anything. I mean, it's just been he's just been a very solid driver. And, honestly, I think Dale Coyne managed to find a diamond in the rough with uh, Santino. Yeah, certainly, and and, and uh, you know, pairing him up with uh, Sebastian Bourdais, who Santino calls dad net, uh, that's been kind of the surprise, uh, odd couple, I guess you could call it, of the circuit. Uh, one more thing before we leave, we're talking with uh, David Land on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline on the final inspection show. Uh, Pocono is the next race up. Uh, it's been kind of struggling to gain traction when it comes to attendance, but it looks like they, they you know, IndyCar wants to be there. And then again, uh, Pocono actually kind of needs that race, don't they? With with them going to a, uh, you know, both races, both cup races being on the same weekend next year. Yeah, and that's the thing is that uh, that I keep hearing that they're going to replace Pocono with Richmond for next year. I hope that's not the case, um, but I, I just it, it just feels like one of those races that that this may be the last year, and I hope it isn't because I enjoy attending that race. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously they've had some unfortunate luck with uh with some right. injuries and some deaths there that that you know certainly put a pall over that race but you know the, the attendance hasn't been bad and i think it has been steadily increasing um but i don't know if it's enough to save the race well if they replace it with M- milwaukee i guess that would be okay but you know that's a that's a quite heavily biased uh, opinion by me so uh, david once again thank you for joining the show we appreciate it what's the latest on uh, at your youtube channel well, by the time we're talking, I'll have a, uh, I actually have a silly season video where I kind of talk about some of the, the rumors that are floating around. Uh, Danny, you want to know about Elio maybe making a comeback and maybe in a red, white, and blue car that happens to run at the back most of the time? You might want to tune in for that video. All right, very good. And also, uh, not only just IndyCar news, but you cover all racing. And I especially like uh, some of your stuff for your video reviews. And I did get a kick out of the... Uh, your diecast review that you were doing uh, the, that highlighted the Simon Pagino 164 and some other ones. Oh, and your eBay. I especially loved the one with your eBay package. That that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that one. 
Oh, thank you so much. I do, you know, I do get a lot of feedback about the diecast videos. I really should do more of them because it, it's just it's weird because like people will come up at the racetrack and go, "Hey, I love that, I love that Simon Pagano review. It was really funny." And I go, oh, "Thank you. <laughs> it's interesting." All right, thank you, Dave. Appreciate you joining the show. That was David Land joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, and David Hobbs Honda. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway and Union Grove, or that's in Union Grove, as well as David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. Just a couple of minutes left here on the Final Inspection Show here on the fan. Brad Keselowski, he is the, the pole sitter for tomorrow's race at Michigan International Speedway. He, of course, is the hometown uh, kid being right being from right down the road. From Michigan International Speedway, he has not won there in in 20 starts, but uh, he has an opportunity to a good opportunity tomorrow as that race gets underway at two o'clock. And uh, he spoke about the week so far at Michigan. Been a good week so far, uh, been a lot for a lot of reasons, but uh, certainly being here in Michigan uh, upon itself, I enjoy coming out here. It's uh, Good chance to see uh, a lot of family, friends, and, uh, you know, Team Penske, uh, Marjorie Penske uh, is out of here as well. So uh, you get a lot of turnout from the team. And, uh, you know, our, our sponsor uh, for this weekend, Discount Tire, was founded here in Ann Arbor, which is uh, kind of special as they've, uh, you know, re-upped for uh, the next few seasons. So we got a lot of a lot of good news and good things happening and hopeful that um, – we can convert that into a, a great race come Sunday and uh, hopefully uh, our first win here. Yeah, first win, hopefully, for Brad Keselowski. 20 career starts in his home uh, racetrack and no no victories yet. He has three on the season so far, so uh, we'll see if he can get it done. He is the pole sitter tomorrow. Again, the race at 2 o'clock tomorrow. That's going to do it for us here on the final inspection show on the fan coming up later today. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on deck show with yours truly getting you set for game two of three between the Brewers and the Texas Rangers. The, Ra- the Brewers get the walk-off victory last night. We'll see if they can make it five straight. That's coming up this afternoon on The Fan. Tune in next week to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zaki will, will be back to take you around the world of racing. Talk to you guys later. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.